BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You're listening to Sci-Fi Wire's Days of Marvel podcast. On today's episode, it's day two of our 12 Days of X-Men countdown, and we're talking about 2003's X2, X-Men United. Stay tuned. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Sci-Fi Wire's Days of Marvel podcast. I'm today's host, Matt Romano. On the podcast, we are counting down to the release of Dark Phoenix by revisiting all the X-Men movies one day at a time. Each day, we tackle a different movie, re-explore the plot, call out our favorite moments, and discuss its place in the ever-expanding universe of X-Men movies. Today, we're taking a trip back to the early 2000s with 2003's X2 X-Men United, the incredible sequel to the first movie in the franchise, 2000's X-Men. So let's just jump right in it. Joining me today on today's show are Sci-Fi Wire co-hosts and fellow mutants, Max Tadaldi. I am a mutant. Hello. And Nadine Deneen. I take, I, that's like a, a, the greatest intro I think I've ever had. Yeah. It's really I good. I am a mutant. Fellow mutants. Fellow mutants. I'm a into fair it. description. One of us. Awesome. Well, uh, yeah, welcome <laughs> to the show, guys. Um, we're very excited to be uh, going on this little journey of revisiting all the X-Men movies. I am super excited, especially for these early ones. Yeah. We are very lucky to have pulled... This movie, which is probably hell, I mean, yes, one this of movie the best is ones. Super dope. Yeah. Oh man, I love this movie so much. And so I got a question for you guys right off the bat. Do it. Where did you guys first see this movie? Was it in theaters? Two thousand three. This is like this is back in the day. Oh yeah. Um, what was your first X two experience? I was. Uh, I mean, I'm dating myself, but I was in college. Okay. Uh, I was a sophomore or junior in college. Midnight showing. Okay. In Oswego, New okay. York. <laughs> Shout out to SUNY schools. Sexiest city in New York. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. How about you, Megan? So I was in the eighth grade when this movie came out. There you go. Um, and I, at the time, was not like a big like moviegoer. So mm. I actually first saw this movie about a year later on cable. Oh, but then on cable television, on cable TV, Tele- television. But no joke. Television. This I'm talking, you know, like back in the day where you're like, oh. HBO's got this movie and they're running the shit out of it. So I, no joke, must have watched this movie nine or ten times in the first, like, month it was on cable television. And I was like, like, this is my (laughs) movie. I have found so much through syndication. I'm just going to say it. So... (laughs) This movie I saw in theaters. I was, uh, I think I had, like, just graduated high school or something. It was around that era. Um, I saw this movie in theaters, lost my damn mind, and... Call, I have a twin brother. I called him right when this movie ended. I was like, stop what you're doing right now. Go see X2. First one was sweet, dope. You know, we grew up reading the comics, but this one felt it was it was an emotional story. The action was sweet and it set it set up so much more that maybe they didn't fulfill with The Last Stand. But there's so much going on in this movie. I can't wait to actually dive into it just from a plot yeah, perspective. Yeah, no, I know. And I actually wrote a note to myself that, like, I was trying to think about if this was an official MCU movie, like, where would it rank? Because, yeah. like, this is, like, if this was an MCU movie, this is, like, top five MCU movies. Oh, for me, for sure. For like, sure. 100%. Yeah. There are... 
definite elements of this movie that did not age well, mm-hmm. which we'll, oh, I'm, yeah. sh- I'm sure we'll tap into. I think from a storytelling perspective, they figured it out with the MCU, right? And it's like if you look at X-Men in general, it's like what if instead of doing like Iron Man and then Incredible Hulk, you just went right into the Avengers. Yeah. And then right after the Avengers, you went right into Age of Ultron. Yeah. Like it complicates things in a weird way. And some of the pacing of this movie is bizarre but oh, totally it's still just like kicks so much ass so you're like that's fine yeah that's no, fine this, this i honestly like as a as a younger girl i think this was a movie that like started to make me realize how much i loved genre stuff like because i wasn't exposed to comics as a kid and wasn't really told to read them a lot so i would sort of find things i found this and i was like wait this is dope yeah. like yeah. i was like why is no one action made? movie like i was kind of yeah. just i remember yelling at my brother being like why don't you take me to more like comic book movies <laughs> because they don't exist yet i know like that's the... that's true all right well let's rewind the clock 16 years let's do it we'll jump right into the movie with our little movie breakdown so this movie opens with that awesome vo from professor x which had become a staple of the X-Men movies, him kind of just uh, explaining the evolution of humanity and how people got the mutant gene. Uh, then we have the the music and that opening credit sequence, in which I'll just say right now, the music in this movie is fantastic. It's one of the best superhero themes, I think, of the past few decades. Um, it's and most do, recognizable. They, and they do some cool things with music in this movie that we'll, we'll get to later, but namely some in-sync references. Uh, oh, <laughs> so, yeah, they Spoiler do. alert. Bye-bye-bye. <laughs> anyway, um, okay, so then we uh, we open on the White House. Uh, this amazing scene where the Nightcrawler, uh, played by the amazing Alan Cumming. Oh, my God. Which we didn't so get sensitive. enough of his Nightcrawler, mm-hmm. but we'll talk about that later. But. Just imagine Nightcrawler, but like crossed with Alan Cumming in, in Cabaret. <laughs> That's uh, and you're welcome for that visual. Yeah, but it's what's I think amazing <laughs> yeah, it's, it's tasty. about Nightcrawler in this movie is that, first of all, this opening fight sequence, the power of this, this is what sets the stage for the whole movie. It is a mind-blowing fight sequence. Back in 2003, and you forget how sort of revolutionary those SFX were Mm -hmm. at that time. But then for the rest of the movie, he's sort of the emotional core of everything that's going on. And he really represents what uh, the mutant plight can do to a person. He is... is He hates himself. He's self-loathing and turns to religion as a way to sort of come to grips with the fact that he is hated by everyone around him, and he hates himself, which is a a difficult place to be. Well, this opening scene, though, too, right? Like, this is set in the White House. This is 2003, right? So we're, we're like, off the heels of 9-11, and you have basically, like, all this symbolism of somebody who's, like, sort of infiltrating and getting to the core. It's, like... That's pretty, like, in retrospect, I'm like, damn, that's kind of powerful. Yeah, in the for, like, context of the time. Amazing. For a Absolutely. superhero movie to be, like, really tackling things like that. So it it was interesting rewatching this as an adult with that perspective of, like, where we were at that time and being like, that's kind of ballsy. Like, you opened a movie where someone literally tries to attack the president. and With like, a knife. With a knife. And you see the fear. <laughs> like, you see all these guys protecting yep. the president, and yet they all can't protect him from this, like, one thing that's yeah. teleporting around. But it's... It was. It's such a cool scene. Yeah, yeah it, it makes you realize. And it also, like, I mean, as a kid growing up, you see they you always used Nightcrawler to, you know, invade places. They use he was, a, you know, he's a, he's a good at getting into places, teleporter. right? Yep. He's a teleporter. But this made you really just absolutely see exactly how he would fight as a teleporter. And he's confusing everyone. He's flipping around. He's super acrobatic. It's super exciting to watch. Yeah. He's yeah. unbelievable. Awesome character. 
Um, and, you know, obviously the first time we've ever seen Nightcrawler in live action. I mean, a lot of people are introduced to Nightcrawler, obviously via the comic books, but also the animated series. So, yeah, I mean, Nightcrawler is hands down my favorite character, I think, in this movie. And, yeah, and it's not a really of a spoiler, but this is kind of the last we see of Nightcrawler for a few movies in the X-Men franchise. Mm-hmm. So, as we discuss, enjoy it, because it doesn't last <laughs> very long. Um, all right, so after the, the White House scene, uh, he drops the knife, the mutant freedom knife. Uh, we're still a little... Uh, curious about who Nightcrawler is, where his allegiance lie, and uh, we jump to the museum scene. So we're in this museum, looks like a, an, an Xavier field trip of oh, sorts. Oh yeah, they're, mm-hmm. out, they're out and about. Yeah, <laughs> Jean Grey is uh, bugging out, uh, which is the first sign that something's off on Jean. You know, uh, that she's, she's battling something. Um, we have that, aws- that awesome scene with Iceman and Pyro, there's those guys looking for fight, looking to light a cigarette, which I don't think you would see in a superhero movie anymore. My brother asked you a simple question. Why are you being such a dick? Yeah, why are you being such a dick? Because I can. <laughs> can I have a light? Sorry, I can't help you out, pal. Which well, that, that's what I love. I was like, A, he wants a cigarette. You're like clearly a teenager and then he lights it inside. Yeah. I was like, that's how you know this movie is his, <laughs> his early 2000s. But you know this also, kid's trying to light, light a cigarette, cigarette inside. <laughs> but it's also how times have changed where you watch this movie I'm like, oh shit, cigarette. Yeah. What year is this? I know, right? You're like, is this the <laughs> Mad Men era? <laughs> Even Logan's uh, lighting up his stogies. Yeah. All his cigars. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. Well, uh, then we have the moment where uh, Professor X comes in. He freezes the situation mm-hmm. not literally via ice but with his mind um and because uh, the kids get rowdy they get a little they get a, uh, yeah they get a little um i guess egotistical is the best way to describe it uh, you know start flexing their powers in public yeah, none of that shit and this scene actually reminded me of because i totally forgot that this happened in this yeah. movie and it totally reminded me of seeing logan mm-hmm. and that scene where Professor X freezes everything. Oh, yeah. And Wolverine's just going through adamantium through yeah. the head. And that seems crazy badass. Yeah. And this is like the light version. This yeah. is just like, hey, kids, simmer down. Yeah. Simmer. Nice. I like that connection. Yeah. Well, after the museum scene, time to get into the plot of the movie. Uh, they got to find the mutant who attacked the White House. Mm-hmm. So um, we're back at the Oval Office now. We are introduced to William Stryker, uh, played by the great Brian Cox. Who is just chewing up scenery oh, in yeah, this movie? He is <laughs> diabolical! Oh my goodness! I counted so many villainous monologues. Like oh, it seems yeah. every time he approaches Wolverine, mm-hmm. it's always like, "Let me tell you part one yeah. of your backstory." Yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's so true. Oh, Logan. I know so much about you. And Logan's, yeah, fucking tell me. He's like, bro, I don't remember anything. So if you could like fill in the holes, that'd be great. Seriously, like we could be buddies. I don't know. But the fact that you're not telling me lets me know that we are not friends. Dad? (laughs) (laughs) So we only get a touch of uh, of that. Uh, But then also we see Senator Kelly from the original X-Men, who we now all know is Mystique in disguise, which is a a pretty cool uh, carryover from the first movie. Um, they are talking about they have now found Xavier's uh, home in Westchester, New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is they are calling it a mutant training facility, and Stryker is pretty much trying to convince the president that these are all bad and they should go in and wipe all these guys out, which they do eventually. <laughs> yeah. That's like, that, yeah. that scene has yeah. that great line where uh, Senator Kelly's like, "It's a school," and he goes, "The hell is that? A jet? What kind of jet? We don't know, but it comes up out of the basketball court." I was like, yeah. I mean, probably yeah. some private schools. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> like, let's, let's be honest here. Let's yeah. be real. <laughs> yeah. Fieldston, New York. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sure. Definitely not. <laughs> 
Uh, but we also uh, find out uh, at this point that Stryker has built this plastic prison for yes. Magneto, who was yes. captured in the first movie, which I just think is hella awesome. It's super, super <laughs> sweet. And it's like, yeah, we use metal in everything. How would you capture Magneto? And it's under the ground, right? And then yep. that always, as a kid, I was always like, well, okay, but he's under the ground. Like, that's where all the metal is mm. on the earth. I was just thinking that last And then also, like, I mean, one of the lines that Magneto says is, like, you have a particular amount, high amount of iron, iron in, in your, your blood. blood. And yeah. it's like, there's iron in everyone's blood. Yeah. What's the threshold at which Magneto can manipulate your body? How much iron do you need in your blood? Well, I mean, she puts a... She, 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 she puts a deep amount, which is we'll, in his we'll butt, too, that. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> it's a butt <laughs> Well, uh, but yeah, we're, we're in Magneto's prison. Striker's torturing him, uh, which we now, well, throughout the movie, we'll see that he's manipulating mutants. So Nightcrawler seems to have been manipulated by Striker. Um, other characters, which we'll get to, but he's pretty much using a form of mind control and using the mutants as weapons in his war against the mutants. Um, so Wolverine, he's off searching the old Weapon X camp compound, uh, continuing from where we left off last week. It really meeting. just gives it more of a perusal. It's like a yep. light little, it's like, oh, nothing here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> I should get back to the match. Yeah. <laughs> and then, I, I love how when then they're back at the school and you hear like the rumblings of a motorcycle and immediately yeah. Rogue is like, Wolverine. <laughs> like she just like knows and <laughs> runs. I like hear her panties drop in that moment. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. The Wolverine Rogue it's, stuff is. Which, well, can we comment creepy. on though, like yeah. she, def- she definitely loses a little bit of that Southern accent in the second movie because I hate it in the first one. And I was like, this was the right direction to go. Yeah. When I watched the first one, I was like, all right, she's got like a draw oh, yeah. <laughs> in that I mean, first and, movie. And that was always like her thing. Yeah. She's like, you know, corn fed girl. Um, that was always like the nice contrast that I liked with her and Gambit was that he had yeah. the, that sort of thick Cajun and it was just accents back and forth. That's true romance. <laughs> I was never too much into Rogue in these movies. I okay. mean, she, Anna Paquin, yeah. she's really good. See, I just, I'm like, a huge Anna Paquin fan, yeah. so it made me like Rogue more. But like yeah. Rogue as a character, not a huge fan. Yeah. I mean, well, it's interesting because I actually really like the way that they treated the sort of the pyro, Iceman, Rogue. Yeah. Just the, the teens in the mansion. And I think they did that much better in this movie than they did when we did the origin stories in the later trilogy, which is basically they have these moments in the later trilogy where it's like, what can you do? What's your power? It's just kind of cheesy. And that's not what teens would be doing in these scenarios. They'd be going through everyday sort of adolescent pangs as as everyone does just with, the the add on that like your parents might resent you for being a mutant. <laughs> right, well, and, right. and I think to your point, like that scene with them in the museum is a perfect example of that, right? It's not like somebody being, what can you do? They show if you were a teenager who has probably pent up rage and the fact that your family probably doesn't like you, you're being pushed by these two guys that it makes you be like, hey, by the way, you know what I can do? Yeah. I can control fire. <laughs> That's what I can do. Like, right. And this is my way of flexing and trying to impress this girl yeah. right here. Yeah. Well, yeah. because you learn in the first movie that like also the, the mutant gene starts to kick in during puberty, yeah. which I think is hilarious because <laughs> yeah. it's like when your teenager goes rogue, literally. <laughs> well, it also sucks because you imagine the other mutants, like if you're toad. Oh yeah. my God. Coming to adolescence and your powers are just like, you're gross. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. It's so true. <laughs> it's uh, tough being a mutant. You got to get one of those good mutant powers. Yeah, one of the good ones. Yeah. But Logan's back. Yeah. Yeah. So Logan's back and he's uh, back at the compound. And now Professor X is uh, taking him to Cerebro to show him mm-hmm. what Cerebro can do and how he used it to, you know, find mutants. And we start to get an idea of like, 
all right, where what is going to be the the problem in this movie? And it's a really, I think, a super elegant way of not only tying Nightcrawler into the fold, but then also showing us what the eventual big threat of this movie is, which is that Professor X can connect to every human and mutant alike via Cerebro, 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 um, via Cerebro, and he can do some real damage with it. Yeah. So, um, which is awesome because they now use Cerebro to find Nightcrawler because he's able to pinpoint every single mutant on the planet, finds Nightcrawler, sends Storm and Jean Grey after him. So they're off on that mission. And then we cut to Mystique who is uh, sneaking around as uh, Lady Deathstroke. Deathstrike. Deathstrike, I'm sorry. Deathstrike, yeah, Deathstroke. yeah, yeah. Sorry. You're combining Deathstroke <laughs> yeah. with Lady Deathstrike. Well, yeah. <laughs> I was confused because I actually went back to like, I didn't know her character name. They never call her that. No, they like, never refer to her by any name whatsoever yeah. except that she's um, Stryker's assistant. Like yes, that's all he sure. ever yes. refers to her yeah. as. But like an unwilling assistant. Right. Because like we have a couple moments where she's like cracking her knuckles. Oh, in the White House, it's so odd. Starting to kind of like realize yeah. like what's actually happening. But yep. Stryker's manipulating the shit out of her. Yeah, which we'll get to later because I got I got. Okay. Beef with okay, that. okay, but we're gonna. But I have to there. say, by the way, what I do love is that Logan returns and literally everyone's like, "Oh yeah, you could babysit, right? Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> I got this because like we right. could use a man with like metal in his hands yeah. to protect these kids, yes. <laughs> to protect the children." <laughs> There is just something like the the, the comedy gold there of just there, Wolverine there looking after good, children. There's <laughs> some good comedy yeah, in this movie. Great. It really is. Okay, so uh, uh, basically Mystique, undercover as Lady Deathstrike, uh, they find out where Magneto is being kept and the whole Mystique starts to unhatch her plan to get him out. Um, so, but we're kind of jumping around. Uh, Storm and Jean Grey, they're back. They're finding Nightcrawler. They're lightning his ass out of hiding, which is always cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Storm's powers are really cool, but it's just always... It's always it's the lightning. It's always the lightning. It's always yeah. the lightning. And it's so, always the rain, wind, and lightning. Well, I mean, it's like she's got power over all weather, right? And she's, I mean, she's never going to run into a situation and be like that. Like, I'm going to get you down by creating condensation and dew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you will slip. And you will slip off exactly. of your perch. It's so cool. With this dew. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like a light mist would really strike yeah. no, fear it's, into my Yeah, it's, it's, it's really the lightning. Yeah. It's yeah. the lightning. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but it's cool. Played by Halle Berry, who is uh, who is oh, queen back in the role of Storm. Which I also a funny tidbit that I read about this. Um, Halle Berry actually was going to be in the movie Geely. That, Geely, oh that, that, uh, terrible... that Jennifer Lopez no. uh, yeah, oh, garbage fire. So she backed out for this movie. Smart, which was a smart move because we all know that ended up being like I guess the worst movie ever. If you've never heard of it, Whoa. don't bother. It's a terrible movie. <laughs> if you've never heard of it. You are the luckiest <laughs> human that's ever alive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Halle Berry's back in Storm. Uh, they get Nightcrawler, and they start to bring him back. But uh, we cut back now to Wolverine. Like you said, Megan, he's uh, babysitting all the ex-children. Also having some PTSD flashbacks while he's doing this. Oh, yeah. Maybe not the best babysitter. He's, he's in a weird mental yeah, state. He's, yeah, he's I think a he's, uh, you know, he went home, didn't get the answers he was looking for, and then he's like, oh, well, I guess I'll just go Well, back. it's hard. And to be fair, the last time he was in this school, he accidentally stabbed Rogue. Fair. So, like... Yep. I don't know if I'd yep. leave this man in charge of kids. Although, yeah, he's a valiant protector. So I guess we have that. So I feel like one of the reasons why they need Logan in the house is so that he can walk around in his wife beater yes. for like half an hour. Because you realize, like, you go back to X Men, two thousand X Men. Hugh Jackman's not that big. He's no. like he's toned. But he's not like ripped, like he's not huge Jackman. I was right? just, oh my God, yeah. I was just going to say that. <laughs> and he came back into X2 ripped and ready to yep. play. Mm-hmm. Uh, he looks like he put on about 30 pounds of muscle. Yeah. 
His yeah. hair pomp so, is better than ever, and, too. And the pomp. Like, oh Wolverine pomp. I mean, I, I was going to say this later, but what is the hair? What I, is that? I oh wish God. they had kept that. I wish they had kept I'm that. I'm sorry. I love it. Like, it's so <laughs> but it, good. But if you actually, like, freeze frame and look at it, like, that's an intricate hairstyle. It's, it's a system. It's like yeah, a Trumpian yeah. it's a, system. It's weird. It's like a flock of seagulls, but, yeah. like, in the opposite direction is the only but way I can like describe it. it's he's running his fingers through his hair and just <laughs> going out. He's spending some yeah. time in the bathroom with some gel. Also, do you think he gets frustrated? You know? And sometimes yes. crafting the hair. That's not bedhead. That's not bedhead. That's, he's vain. Yeah, he's vain. He's a vain little bitch. Wait, but do you ever think? Do you ever think he gets mad while doing his hair, and then his his little claws come out, and he accidentally yeah. gives himself a buzz Ooh, cut? Oh, back. there's a question: Does Wolverine give him his, his own haircuts? Because oh that God, would explain the hair. Yeah. If he's just like, <laughs> oh shit, ching, 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 ching. it's yeah. like an Edward Scissorhands yep. meets Wolverine. See, the things you think about revisiting this movie 16 years later, but that that was bothering me. Um, okay, so Stryker attacks the house with his uh, his whole thing. Wolverine is just fucking people up left and right. It's fantastic. And another uh, fun tip about this movie: this movie originally had an R rating. Um, mm. But they actually took back a lot of the violent scenes to get it PG thirteen. But you'll notice that's Pretty why, tame. like, Logan is stabbing people in the yeah. chest. No one's bleeding. There's no yeah. blood in this scene whatsoever. Oh. But he is murdering people yeah. left oh, and right. Straight it's up, straight up murder. It's straight murder. And this scene again brought me back to Logan, right? Yep. And what happens when you actually do apply an R rating to fight scenes like this? And mm-hmm. I think it really is a distinction in Logan and Wolverine's fight style. Right, because he does a lot of slashing, yeah, and then he does when he's stabbing people, he's going like through their arms Ugh, and through yeah. their shoulders or things like that. In Logan, Wolverine's just going up to people, adamantium right to the brain, <laughs> stab yeah. done. Yeah. It's well, a one and done situation. In this movie, <laughs> there's one scene where he's got some guy up against the fridge and just yeah. like straight yeah. into oh, the yeah. heart. And then you like, see they show you when the guy drops the like hole through the fridge. Yeah. That's like the three dots. But, from no, blood. but no blood. No blood. Zero blood. Zero blood. No blood. Um, Wait, but while this is happening, yep. the professor and Scott are out doing other things as well. They're yes. visiting Magneto. They are visiting Magneto because I guess, yeah, Professor X... I forgot why he's going to Magneto. Well, he's going to talk to Eric because he thinks that... Um, he's, he's He basically knows that Eric's been divulging information. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which we know is because Stryker is essentially yep. influencing him, but... He wants to learn, like, why would you betray us? Like, you know, it's like, why yeah. would you let us, why would you do this? We may not agree on our goals for mutants, but we at least agree revealing our secrets to people like Stryker or not. It also feels like a convenient way to get Professor X out of the mansion. Yeah. Oh, totally. So yeah. That, exactly. So that he can't just, like, take everyone down in one fell swoop. When he's yep. got a badass plastic uh, wheelchair in that scene. They yeah. show it when he, like, yeah. goes in. I was like, all right, I see you. Which, like, where'd he get that? They got, like, a 3D printer in the X mansion? I guess they do. Oh, they definitely <laughs> yeah. have a 3D printer. <laughs> um, yeah, so, like, there's a lot going on at once at this point, but I guess that's on purpose because, like, they have this coordinated attack on the house. Um, we see Colossus for the first time. Yeah. Um, which also is interesting. Ripped. Yeah, also, also ripped. ripped. But mm-hmm. also, I didn't know Colossus can just, like, go from human form to metal form. Might be a question for Warvis. Oh, yeah, that's right, Warvis. Oh, man, forgot to introduce Warvis. Well, everybody, if you were listening to our 22 Days of Marvel when we were recapping the MCU... <laughs> We had a little friend on this podcast named Warvis. He is our sci-fi wire AI. You think Jarvis in the Iron Man suit, Warvis in our podcast? Yeah, that sounds so, right. So anyway, Warvis is the all-knowing uh, AI that knows everything about MCU, everything about Marvel. So I really just am curious, like, what is Colossus' power? Can you go from human form to metal form? Because we see Colossus in the Deadpool movies, and he's not, not human. He's straight up metal. So, <laughs> Warvis, hit us up. 
Colossus has the ability to transform his entire body into a form of organic steel that is of unknown composition. Colossus must transform his entire body into the armored state and cannot transform only a portion of his body. When he transforms, he gains approximately one feet in height, and in his transformed state his weight more than doubles. In his armored form, Colossus possesses superhuman levels of strength, stamina, and durability. He also requires no food, water, or even oxygen to sustain himself. Thanks, Warvis. Uh, that was illuminating. Um, so Warvis is here. Uh, that's great. Um, <laughs> uh, so then, like I was saying before, like you know, as we're all, all the little X kids are escaping, you know, uh, Stryker starts to villainous monologue. Oh, yeah. Wolverine, part I know one. everything. Yeah. Steps out of the ice, the shadow of oh, the, the ice. Oh my yeah. god! The the scene, like when the the ice wall goes up, yep. and, and the they hands, touch their the hands. hands. Yeah. I was, they're connected. They are yeah. connected. They're connected through yeah. some crazy, dastardly science. Yeah. Is how they are yep. connected. Yep. Um, we cut back to well, the kids escape with Wolverine. They get into uh, Cyclops's <laughs> Mazda, <laughs> dope ass Mazda. This is this is Cyclops's car. He's like, you just see the smirk on Wolverine's face. Yep. It's so also, good. Wolverine thousands. Is, and he drives a Mazda. <laughs> of course he does. Uh, thousands and thousands. Have of, you seen those sunglasses? Of I mean, course he yeah. drives a Mazda. Sixteen-year-old people watching that movie, being like, I'm gonna get myself a um, Mazda. Yeah, I'm getting. Um, <laughs> did you see the doors open? <laughs> I'm getting a Mazda. Um, that's great. Uh, so then we cut to uh, Mystique. She's in the bar in human form. Re- yes. Rebecca Romaine. And is this the ow, first ow. time we see her in human form? I believe it is. Because I don't think we saw her in human form in well, X1. Well, we do right in the beginning because she's Senator. She's Senator Kelly. Well, no, but in her Rebecca Romaine version. Oh, like yeah. Her... oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I believe it's the first yep. time. I think as Magneto would say, like the real mystique. Yes. Although that's not the real mystique. Yeah. We always see the real mystique. Exactly. The real mystique <laughs> is, yeah, the blue one. But yes. this is the the Rebecca Romaine. Yes, and she looks great Romaine and style. she seduces the cop or the security guard, yeah. drugs him. Gets a medal in his butt. Puts the medal in him. <laughs> Can I just say, this, this yeah, scene makes, it just makes yeah. me realize how, why it's so easy to be a spy sometimes. You're like, oh, you just find the middleman schlub, yeah. find a hot lady, yep. and then she bends him over a toilet and sticks a medal in his ass. <laughs> <laughs> like, We've all been there, Megan. <laughs> I can't say I have, but you never know. But That's happened it, many times. It really does show how you can infiltrate <laughs> yeah. middle management and really yeah. strike at the core if you want yeah. to. Some things never change. <laughs> they really don't. Yeah. Um, but it's a, it's a really cool scene. Uh, I'll just say right now, I always prefer the Re- Rebecca Romaine mystique over the Jennifer uh, Jennifer oh, Lawrence Lawrence mystique. I Th- almost, this is my act. Like this yeah, movie this is my, is my X Men. Yeah. Like yeah, for real. Don't get at me about Michael Fassbender. Yep. Ian McKellen is my Magneto. Damn right. I mean, the uh, thing for me is that I feel like Jennifer Lawrence's acting ability almost gets in the way yes. of the character. Yeah, and they need totally. to give her too much real estate. And that's mm-hmm. not what Mystique was always about. She was always just really mysterious. Well, she's a couple, yeah. couple like one liners, like get in, mystique. get out. And it, it just it added an element of mystery into everything because you never knew if you were actually talking to who you thought yeah. you were. Yep. Um, and so you don't you don't need a ton of backstory. She's there to just mix she's things up. She's better with no backstory. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, but yeah, so she, she's great. Uh, all this happens. Uh, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> so uh, now we don't have the breakout scene yet. It's Stryker talk, captures Professor X. Yep, so we start um, to see his evil plan. Yeah, uh, and really you, in 143... Which is the the guy with the two eyes? Yes, uh, the two different color eyes. Who I think is Stryker's son. It is Stryker's oh, yeah. son. So it's yep. like hella messed up. Yeah. Like, 
But yeah. and I I feel like I used to know this, and this is a bit of my knowledge that evaporated. But the name of that mutant is mm. question for Warvis. Yeah, it's a question for Warvis. Ooh, okay. Warvis, what is the name of Stryker's son as a, his mutant name? Jason Stryker actually doesn't have an X-Men-inspired name unless you want to include a version of Jason Stryker in the comics that ends up becoming the inspiration for Master Mold. Well, that's awesome. So now we (laughs) understand that whole situation. Uh, We cut to Iceman and Rogue, who are now at Iceman's house in Boston, Sure, I believe. Oh, yeah. And Iceman does not care about the danger. He just wants... He just wants a little nookie. He just wants some of that. He did it all for the nookie. Where would you say in Boston you think they live? I'm going to throw it. I think it's over in Rivia, but we'll see about that. Over in Rivia, okay. Because I I was curious. That's where it seems... It seems like we're they were you know, little, his parents a little uptight, a, you know, a little uptight, but it's, it's a nice, yeah, yeah, uh, suburban nice, neighborhood. Nice yeah, because Bobby's parents come home, they catch uh, <laughs> Logan in the fridge <laughs> drinking beer, <laughs> Professor Logan <laughs> playing with the cat. The cat is licking his claws. Yeah, it's so good. He likes he goes like, and then the cat just goes. Meow, but also, like, like, like the cat's the like tongue just rip. That's essentially uh, right yeah. away. Like I don't know, you know. We'll see. It's. Uh, it feels Waffle. like it was just, no, just how strong is adamantium? Because I was led to believe that it's the second strongest material on Earth behind vib- vibranium. I had that question, vibranium versus adamantium, yeah. and what is the stronger metal? I think they might have just slightly different mm-hmm. attributes. Gotcha. Um, but same thing. But it's it's the same. <laughs> it's it's a really strong metal. Uh, so, yeah. So then the, the parents come home. We have the the big coming out scene. Uh, in this movie where uh, Iceman explains to his parents he's a mutant and, you know, obviously allusions to the LBG. Oh, for sure. So, uh, when did you first know you were a... A uh, mutant? We just didn't realize... We still love you, Bobby. It's just this mutant problem is a little... What mutant problem? I think this scene is an unbelievable metaphor for anyone coming out to their family. And... That, I think, was always the heart of what the X-Men wanted to get at. It was tacking, uh, it was addressing cultural issues through this guise of science fiction, which is yep. always what the best science fiction does. Mm-hmm. And I actually, I, this scene, I think, is one of the most powerful in, in, the, in the whole movie. Yeah. It's just really, really, uh, it's what kids would go through who were going through this with parents that don't really understand what's going on. Well, yeah, and I think to the earlier point we were making about how, like, these younger mutants and their powers and how they they sort of we start to see them display like you now know you're like there's this emotional core to Iceman like he's just been completely devastated by the fact that his family has basically been like you freak get out of our house that like it you know that that's some residual stuff that's gonna come up later Uh, and what's been really interesting is I think and I actually don't know if this happened pre-X-Men 2 or post-X-Men 2, but Bobby Drake is gay in the comics. Mm. And that is like a in the sort of new version of, oh, of X-Men. And maybe that's that. just a, a coincidence that these two sort of scenes uh, yeah. mirror one another. But I mean, at its core, it's like those those allusions to what's happening in, in real life and real society is at the core of what X-Men are. And I think that mm-hmm. just what sets them apart from anything in the MCU, like they're immediately relatable in a way that I don't think anyone else in the MCU is. Yeah, no, I agree. I think the X-Men have always been, I think in this case, you can compare them to the LGBT community, but you also, again, not to, you know, but like go back to post 9-11 and this idea of like registration and Muslim Americans. Like it's just a very interesting idea that like, to your point, Max, good science fiction is commenting on, I think, the real state of where we are. And so I just like, this movie for me again on a second watch, I was like, 
wow, like this really was, I didn't, I think I was watching a superhero movie, yeah. but it was tackling yep. really important issues in an accessible way, especially yeah. for younger people. Totally. And it's like, here's what I want in my science fiction. I want moments like this that make me feel something, that make me think about the world that I'm living in, quickly accompanied by Wolverine getting shot in the head, yeah. and Ooh. then Pyro just blowing up a bunch well, of cops. Well, Pyro cars. has that awesome oh. line where he's like, you know all those dangerous mutants you hear about on the news? I'm the worst one. <laughs> Played by the ma- the amazing Aaron Sanford and for from, from Monkeys. Yeah, oh my god. So that's good. oh my god. Why? Like last yeah. night, it took me forever, but I was I was like, why do I recognize this movie? And then I literally in the middle, I just went twelve monkeys. Yes. <laughs> I know what. Yes, which we will just say, and this is not just a plug because we uh, our parent company is <laughs> yeah. the Sci-Fi Channel, but um, but uh, Twelve Monkeys is fantastic. It's, it is very good. It's exquisite. I, I remember that show coming to Sci-Fi mm-hmm. when I like first started working here, and I remember being so amped by it, like. Really reading the scripts, keep like keeping up for cuts and stuff, and yep. then waiting for cuts until v, like VFX were done because yep. you'd watch something and you're like, no, 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 I don't want to yeah, like no, kill all the yeah. like the impact. Yep. Yeah. So oh. side note, twelve monkeys, fantastic. Do it. Back to X Men. On board. Pyro blowing all this shit pew, up. Pew pew pew. Fire oh, my fire favorite, fire. My favorite scene <laughs> yeah. is coming. Uh, they're saved by uh, Storm and Jean Grey in the Blackbird, which is just an awesome uh, superhero vehicle. Oh, um, probably sweetest. up there, right there with the Batmobile in oh, the. Oh yeah. The Spider-Man car. I don't know what that is. Spider buggy. <laughs> Deep cut for everybody. Um, and then we, uh, yeah, then they're off and they have that awesome scene in the air where they're like fighting the fighter jets. And then again, Storm. Yeah. Makes it rain. Yeah. <laughs> the wind blows in. Um, but yeah, then they were able to escape, uh, but they crash and then Magneto saves Well, but that's, we yeah. left, we left out my favorite scene. Oh, which part? There's too oh, much the, iron in your blood. Escape. It's oh, how no, Magneto yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. escapes. Yeah. And he makes the disc and he flies out oh, and it's just totally. like epic and cool. Yeah. But like, you watch the blood come out of that guy's body yeah. and I was like, yo, that's a brolic way to die. Yeah. Like, that is really rough. One thing I always love about the X-Men movies is that like, their power sets are always used in such interesting ways. Like, oh, yeah. you know, unlike any other superhero mm-hmm. movie, it's like the, their powers are so different and myriad and it's like how they're useful in certain situations. And that is just an awesome example of Magneto's power. Also, as you said, he has, he's floating on that little metal disc. Yeah. He's got like the the, the beads flying he's around him like and it's bullets, like right? classic like Magneto them. look. You it know? is such a cool escape. And it actually reminded me a lot of the scene in First Class when Magneto has the coin Mm. And he's pushing it through the guy's skull. And because oh it was God. just kind of like, yeah. how would you use your powers in the most provocative way possible? Yep. And this scene where, you know, he pulls the blood out and yeah. then is creating the little the, the step for himself is just so freaking badass. And it's one of those iconic moments where you can you could see the panel of the comic. Yeah. It, I, just, it felt so I think yeah. I just had an epiphany. I think John mm. Wick is a mutant. <laughs> Because that man, you, you're talking about like, oh, what? How do you use a quarter and yeah. your best of your abilities? Yeah. He killed a guy with a pencil. Yeah, like, so come did jo- on. So did Joker. So did Joker. Yeah. Well, you know, he can't, Joker can't have everything. All right. All I'm saying is John Wick's a mutant. Here's the crossover I'm looking for. Cy- I, Hollywood, make it happen. I'd watch that movie. I would watch the hell out of that movie. Awesome. But sorry to. I digress. No. Magneto escapes and it's like so dope. And, that seems amazing. And I'm like so into it yep. because then when they're about to crash and he stops yeah. the plane and he Sweet. still has his like cocky Snyder marks. He's like, these people don't know how to fly. Yeah, which I which I actually, I'm thinking back to the time and it was definitely, that was definitely a jab at like Superman. Oh. Because like when are these people mm-hmm. going to learn how to yeah. fly? Yeah. It's yeah. like none of our girls fly. <laughs> yeah. We get it. Yeah. <laughs> get it. Rogue should fly, but True. Whatever. 
We'll get there. Well, I guess <laughs> can Jean? No, well, Jean can make other people levitate. Yeah. But in the comics, she could fly though. She right? She basically uh-huh. just like telekinesing herself. Yeah, she, yeah. And Rogue, <laughs> I think, in the comics, the thing. <laughs> kills someone and absorbs their flight ability. Yeah, I think it, I want to say it was like a Captain Marvel. It was. Mm. It was someone like that. Um, can we get a check on Warvis? Yeah, Warvis. Who, who did uh, Rogue absorb her powers from? In a battle with Carol Danvers, the original Miss Marvel, Rogue absorbed her memories and superhuman powers, but for unknown reasons, Rogue unintentionally absorbed them, permanently, rather than temporarily. Thus, Rogue gained Miss Marvel's superhuman strength and ability to fly. So, wow. So, way before we even, you know, really had any idea that Captain Marvel would eventually explode on the screen like she did in the MCU, Rogue in the comics got her flight ability from Miss Marvel. This I is very it. interesting. Yeah, see? MCU tie-in. All right, excellent. So, uh, so now they're they're camping, this which is, is <laughs> I, lo- I love this so much because it's like Magneto escapes. Yeah. He has all of his resources. Let's go. Uh, let's go yeah. glamping. Yeah, we're let's gonna glamp. Do a little. Yeah. Uh, they've got they've got great camping supplies, right? Like these these tents just like blow themselves up. The X Men are always so well prepared and have the best stuff. But yeah, you're in their their camping. Saying a few RVs wouldn't have been the worst thing. Yep. So Magneto is sharing the news, basically bringing the whole X-Men up to the up to speed with the plot. Magneto is telling Wolverine about Stryker, um, all that stuff. Uh, and then Gene, like, Vulcan mind reads Nightcrawler. Yeah. Uh, Who's hanging upside down <laughs> from a tree. He's like, yep. sorry. <laughs> Again, comedic moments in this movie. Yep. So yep. on point. Um, but this is basically, we learn that, like, Stryker is, like, you know, brainwashing these mutants. Yep. And they're, it's not they're necessarily their fault, but, you know, Stryker's in control. Um, then Wolverine oddly forces himself on Jean. I mean, oddly? Come on. <laughs> He's like always like, yo, girl. Yeah. What's up? A little you know, aggressive. Like, you don't need that boy with the sunglasses. Yep. You know it's about me. <laughs> Have you seen my pecs? Like, yeah. come on. And she's like, <laughs> okay. Just for, <laughs> just, just for a second. <laughs> oh, man. I was going to say something way more inappropriate than that, but we can move on from there. But then, anyway. but then she does sort of lay down the law. She's yep. like, you know, we fool around with the bad boy, but, you know, we, we end up with the, with the good guy. Yeah. Um, which is a sweet little sure. right after you made out with someone, which is yeah. not cool, but not yeah. cool. it's fine. You um, do you. Well, and then we get a little uh, mystique. Yeah, then mystique <laughs> tries to force herself on Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, which is, I guess, nice. Well, yeah. I love that. Like he feels her side, and he feels, yeah. and she's the like, scar. no, no one's scar left a scar like you. Yeah. And I'm like, right. yeah. which, hey, yeah. which feels like, I mean, like we know that lo- one of Logan's powers is superhuman sense of smell. So you would think that he would have noticed oh, yeah, the difference, totally. yeah. which uh, feels a little bit odd to me. I do remember watching this scene as an 18-year-old and kind of losing my mind a little bit yeah. and just being like, this is the hottest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> Big storm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that that's that uh, a pretty crazy scene, uh, which is great. Wolverine pushes, him off, pushes her off. It's all over, whatever. And it's like, why? What, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> Take yeah. some time for yourself, Logan. Yep. <laughs> Self love. Uh, then we're back on the Blackbird. Now we're like regrouping and going to Aquai Lake to for the the end game of this movie. We're mean girling rogue yeah. streak in her hair. Yeah, we like, love what she's done with your hair. So good, which is ridiculous. <laughs> this scene also has one of my favorite moments in the whole movie, um, which just jo- goes to show you what a magnificent leader and manipulator Magneto is. Yes, and I it's already know what you're going to say. And it's I'm this so conversation with Pyro. Yep. Where Pyro is kind of explaining his abilities a little bit. And what Magneto does is, using his ability to manipulate metal, takes his lighter from him. Yeah. And it's this small little display of power 
where Magneto now has the source of Pyro's power. They're talking about you know what uh, Pyro can do, and Magneto says, you know, you you're a god. You yeah. should says, be treated god among insects. Because he says, I can only manipulate the fire. Right. I can't create it. Right. And then that's when you. And get it says, you're a god. But then what Magneto does is instead of passing back the lighter, he reaches out and hands it to him. Got a talent you have, there, Pyro. I can only manipulate the fire. I can't create it. You are a god among insects. Never let anyone tell you different. And it's this human connection after displaying his own power that what the greatest manipulators in the world do, which is this combination of psychopathy and empathy mm-hmm. that is crazy to see in that moment yeah. and mm-hmm. one of the most powerful moments in the movie. Yeah, and this scene encapsulates like everything Magneto is, his entire position. Yeah. He sees mutants as the... Uh, dominant race on mm-hmm. earth and it's like their god-given right to enslave humanity yep. um and for everything you just said max you, you put it beautifully like um the way the manipulation it's, is be- it's, beautiful. it's beautiful it's a beautiful thing beautiful now we are uh striker finishes his machine he plans to use all the captured ex-children as lab rats um mm-hmm. using them to test his machine because <laughs> as he says he's a scientist i don't know uh, <laughs> so, like so I must not. experiment on children. children. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> By classic. the way, I'm a villain. <laughs> yeah, classic villain stuff. Have, classic have villain. I had a monologue yeah. yet? <laughs> Is it time for the third monologue? Yeah. yeah. But it's almost like we're still early days in um you know, superhero movies in this like in this new yeah. era where it's like you can get away with stuff oh, like totally. that. Oh, and hell yeah. yeah. That sort of uh, yep. yeah, mustache twirly. Yep. I love it. <laughs> um but an amazing plan set forth by the X-Men. They send in Mystique disguised as Wolverine. Uh, he, uh, Stryker has a great moment when he's like, "I know my own work. I know Shoot my own work. Yeah, yeah. Well, because I love that about them. Because you were, we were talking earlier about Mystique and how, like, oh, you don't know who she is, but then there's those little things like feeling her side and feeling the yeah. um, and knowing that's not Jean yep. or like little thing. There's there's another scene I think in the first movie where she uh, she becomes Wolverine, but then he hits her um, her claws at one point and they just break. Yeah, yeah. because obviously yeah. she can't manifest yes. the real metal. So, <laughs> yep. but it's just so good. It's like I know my own work. Yep, totally. It's like, how vain of you. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, all right. So then, like, we have some awesome Mystique badassness. She's fucking shit up all over the place. We have the evil Scott versus Gene fight. You know, because Scott is under uh, Cyclops is under mind control. Um, this is where we start to see some Dark Phoenix stuff. Really going cool. on in Jean, yeah. like the mm-hmm. light up eyes. Like, we saw a little bit of that with the two missiles headed yes. at the point oh, yeah. where her yeah. eyes are lighting up. But yeah, we missed that part. But like throughout the Dark movie, Phoenix, you're starting sure. to get mm-hmm. the signs. And as a fan at the time, I was just like, oh my yeah. god, like it's a, and, and building it, to this. And it really was for me like one of the first illusions, which they absolutely mastered in the MCU. Yep. But like alluding to future movies and not paying it off in this movie. Yeah, just letting that kind of simmer and letting that be something that you were so pumped that you knew that there was going to be movies around that coming up. Yeah. It just felt so yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right. Well, we'll save that for my final thoughts, but that's <laughs> absolutely what we thought was coming. Um, so then Wolverine discovers the adamantium chamber. He flashes back to how he was created. Stryker gives was maybe the final evil monologue. I don't know. But now we're slowly piecing together Wolverine's backstory. And then we have the awesome Lady Deathstrike versus, versus Wolverine fight. We learned that Lady Deathstrike had the same healing power as Logan and that's why they try the the experiment on her the adamantium grafting yeah this to me was one of the unresolved moments of the movie because we got to see this l- brief moment where she's kind of coming out of her trance but then striker you know gives her the the dows in the neck again yeah and 
I would have loved to have seen just a moment where she realizes what's happening. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like she was manipulated the entire time. I wanted that moment of realization to see what she was really capable of as opposed to just this brainwashed version. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel really bad. I, I, I said this kind of earlier and this is what I was going to, the point I was going to make, but Lady Deathstrike and even Mutant 143, I feel really bad because like they're just under mind control Yeah, and they're not bad guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and in fact, when Lady Deathstrike, when she's about to die, her eyes go back to brown and you, she has that moment when she's normal again and then she's dead. So well, yeah, I, and it's like the adamantium cries out and, yeah. and you rec- you see Wolverine, like he, he sort of reconciles with that. Like it's quick, but he looks at her in kind of this way of like, I had to do what I had to do, yeah. but I know ultimately you weren't like a bad, like that yeah. you were someone, something yeah. else was influencing you to do this. But if this movie came out now with social media, like people would have been like, you know, justice for Lady Destro. Oh, for oh, sure. Yeah. For yeah. sure. You know, like it just yeah. would have. I mean, I hate to break you. I might be leading that campaign. <laughs> Go for it. I mean, hashtag justice for Lady Deathstrike. <laughs> yeah. And the fight scene is super badass. Awesome. But it is definitely like early days of wire foo. Yeah. Where it's like, it's a little slow. <laughs> yeah. It's just a little slow. It's still badass, but yeah. it's slow. I always love the physics yeah. of these fight scenes too. Oh, like yeah. the, the jumping corkscrew spin. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> it's like, how'd you do that? Is that a triple axle? <laughs> yeah. It's so elegant. Um, so yeah, so after this fight, uh, we uh, it's revealed that Mag- Magneto has another plan. Yeah, uh, sure. You couldn't trust Magneto, dun, so dun, dun. he's going to use uh, Cerebro, the machine, to kill all the humans yeah. instead of the mutants. Um, very dastardly. Um, which I, also, I just wonder, like, if he's succeeded, wouldn't there be a lot of dead bodies to clean up? Oh my God, so many! I, so many dead bodies. I was like, Yo, who's like on garbage control for that? Yeah. That's a lot. Well, here's <laughs> here's my question. So, is this basically like Thanos's snap? Way ahead of this Thanos, is Snap of Endgame. 1.0. This is Snap 1.0 yep. because it's you're killing half the and, world, and I don't know what the the proportion is, but you got to figure you're killing a good chunk. And with Big the humans, chunk. most of them. So yeah. this is definitely the early the early up. days of the Snap. Messed up on Magneto's part. Um. Well, and then and the panic's ensuing because when Jean and Scott got into that fight, she put some cracks in that dam. Yeah. So suddenly, right, right. suddenly we are on an expedited yes, timeline to yes. get the hell out broke of the, the dam. Yeah. <laughs> damn her. Yeah, damn her. Wow, that's good. Max, Jeez. don't shake your head at me. It was Jeez. good and you yeah. loved it. And tend your puns. Yeah. <laughs> so Wolverine ties Stryker to a helicopter. Oh my God. You're an animal then. You're an animal now. I just gave you claws. I just <laughs> gave you claws. Uh, great, okay. <laughs> you are so perfect, William. Oh, you're so good. So good. Um, Never change. Uh, but then, uh, yeah, Storm and Nightcrawler uh, pretty much save the day. They teleport in and out of Cerebro, mm-hmm. save Professor X. Wolverine leads everybody out of the dam. Uh, the X-Kids, as I'm calling them, Rogue and Iceman show up in the Blackbird. In a rough landing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they also, like, their characters kind of sucked yeah. in this arc. Uh, yeah. like, We're, we don't want to break the rules. And yeah. Pyro's like, yeah, you guys suck. I'm yeah. out later. Yeah. And that, that's where I was like, yeah, Team Pyro for team sure. Team Pyro for Hell yeah. sure. He's like, taking action. They're just like, well, absolutely. we'll, we'll kind of just chill out. Yep. Rogue was a main character in the first movie. Yeah. And, I mean, at least, I, you got to hope that maybe Bobby and Rogue lost their virginity and that's what they were doing on the plane. <laughs> I hope Because so. otherwise, what's the point? Well, it, what is the point? Also, what would Rogue do if, if Rogue went in there? Like, because Rogue doesn't have... No, she, yeah, she, she's not really she doing it. She's kiss every guy that comes up to her. <laughs> yeah, like. Exactly. She's kissing <laughs> Bobby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, oh, and I'm sorry, here are my notes. One final monologue from Stryker. <laughs> That's when Wolverine and, uh, throws uh, his dog tags yes, at him. Yes. All right. Yeah. Yes. Which mysteriously he gets those dog tags back, but we'll, we'll ignore uh, that's it. Fine. That's we'll fine. That's fine. Um, 
And then obviously Gene's big sacrifice. So the the, the you know the Blackbirds out of power. They can't yeah. take off. Gene lifts them up, stops the water, lifts the ship, speaks through Professor X in a really heartfelt, weird moment. <laughs> And like I thought, Cyclops was gonna kiss Professor X. Oh my god! I know. I was like, I was but waiting for like yeah. the single tears to come out from behind yeah. Yeah. The, the sunglasses, yeah. and then he just grabs Professor X. Professor X just goes, "Make it so," and they just kiss. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Gene. And I love Gene's sacrifice in this scene. But the whole there's probably about five to ten minutes where they are on the plane, and it's literally every character just going up to every other character and being like, are you okay? Yeah. Are you okay? Yeah. Are you okay? It's okay now. You can let go. Everyone's okay. We're okay? Everyone's cool. Max, are you okay? <laughs> and it's, I am not okay with this yeah. scene. Yeah. Let Jean make her sacrifice. Let's keep yeah. this thing moving. Yes. We're already at the two-hour mark. Yeah. <laughs> We're way overdue. We know what's happening. Yeah. Um, well, they, they escape. Then we, the next scene is in the White House. The president is about to address the nation and basically slam mutants and just like, you know, say they're terrible. But the X-Men show up. He stops time. Professor X scares the shit out of the president. The president yeah, shits true. his pants. Um, <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. Um, and that's a wrap. And then and and that's, that's a wrap. X too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we, we, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the final, final scene. It yeah. ends with the monologue that Professor X gave sure. in the beginning of the movie, but it's Jean Grey this time. Hints at the evolution of mutants. You see a light. Fire Phoenix flying for the water. Cut. Yeah. End of movie. And oh, I just got chills when oh, you said that. Oh, wow. so it, was, it was good. It was so good. It was so, good. so, so good. And that's when, you know, you're walking out of the theater. All you can think about, you're think, one part of you is thinking everything you just saw was so crazy. Yeah. And then you're just speculating Dark Phoenix, Dark Phoenix, Dark Phoenix. Yeah. That's all which, you can think which about. Which we're not getting until 2019. Uh, <laughs> well, which we, well, we kind of well, we we get it. But, uh, yeah. but I'm saying like your, own, like your standalone. Like oh, your dark, standalone Like piece, Dark, yeah. dark Phoenix getting her due. And I think that's what they wanted Last Stand to be. Um, yeah, but yeah. That's, a, that's a separate podcast. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. That's tomorrow's day. podcast. <laughs> uh, so you can wait for everyone's thoughts on that. But yeah, it is... Um, yeah, I mean, looking back, I mean, it is a little disappointing because X2 is really, really good. It's sweet. And if it was like, if X3 ended up being a continuation of X2 like it was meant to be, it, it, this could be a totally different thing. We could be on X-Men 6 yeah. now, yeah. but with this cast, you know. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think it does go to show you what Marvel figured out yeah. from X-Men. Oh, is, yeah. Is mm-hmm. that. Don't fuck it up. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Straight up, don't fuck it up. Yeah. But also that. They really box themselves into a corner with just doing X-Men, X-Men and not doing those origin stories, those character specific stories. Because while there were a ton of amazing scenes in this movie, it took a lot of narrative acrobatics to loop everything together. Yeah. And that story could have been really overly complicated. They salvaged it and made it crazy good. But you need the focus on those individual characters to lead you into those sort yeah. of Avengers type of moments. Yep. Well, and I love, so I love, like, I'm probably one of the only people that loves um, X-Men Origins Wolverine. I think it's a great movie. I will stand by it. It is definitely a movie. It, anyway, but I <laughs> think what's, piece of video. what's interesting about this is that <laughs> home video content. <laughs> in, during 22 Days of Marvel, I kept talking about how I'm not big on the team-up movies and I'm much bigger on the standalone character movies. And it's the complete inverse for me when it comes to X-Men. Like, to me, again, I I get why people love Avengers, and it's not, they happen to not be my favorite movies of the 22 in that. But here, I'm like, bring the team together. Yeah, Yeah, well, it's like, it's like Avengers is is the secondary thing. It's characters Mm -hmm. first, Avengers second, and X-Men, it's the complete opposite. opposite. Yeah. Yeah, totally. 
and they had to kind of backtrack once the once Origins came out. They were like, uh, then they tried the Wolverine. It was, uh, and then they figured it out with Deadpool and Logan. It was just like, we got to stick to this R rating. Yeah, no, seriously. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Well, that's the movie. Um, so how about now we transition to our favorite moments from this film? I still think I was blown away. I, I, I keep going back to when I was in the theaters watching it for the first time. And the opening scene with Nightcrawler is just yeah, it is, such yeah. a so good. tentpole standalone piece that holds up super well. It still looks super gorgeous. Yeah, totally. We're 16 years out from this movie. That's an accomplishment in and of itself. And I think it also just does an amazing job of setting up the stakes. It's an attempted assassination on the president shit is about to get real. And it's just an amazing scene. And that's a great point too, is like outside of like the clothes, the Mazda, uh, and sync on the radio, this movie isn't that dated, you know, like the, the, everything looks great in this movie still holds up. I mean, Logan's, uh, boot cut jeans are not a cute look Mm. for him. I loved Cyclops's sweater at the end. (laughs) (laughs) He's got like that half neck sweater. I was like, 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 you go to Eddie Bauer? Like where did this come from? So uh, you know, Cyclops definitely shops at Eddie Bauer. Absolutely, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Megan, your favorite moment? So mine, mine's really subtle, actually, because I, I think going back to like all these like really impactful lines. There's this scene with um, Mystique and Nightcrawler. They say you can imitate anybody, even their voice. Then why not stay in disguise all the time? Look like everyone else. Because we shouldn't have to. And it's like this like powerful, like, hell yeah, girl, you shouldn't have to. You do you. You yep. be your blue, weird, furry self, and I'm into it. <laughs> like yeah. So that just like for me, like it's little lines like the Magneto and Pyro one, like that to me really set up, I think, the emotional stakes in this movie in a yep. way that I'm just like, I'm, I'm here for yeah, it. Yeah. And it makes that second trilogy even more powerful because you know that that's something she learned from Magneto. Yes. She was not yeah. comfortable in her own skin. Yes, exactly. And Magneto told her to be proud yeah. of herself. Yeah. How about you, Matt? Did you have a favorite? Uh, you know, I mean, there's so many amazing action sequences in this movie, but like, you know, this was pre-MCU and pre the pre-Marvel quip. Um, but one of my favorite lines and scenes of the movie is when um, Logan is going into the kitchen and Iceman's like having a late night sandwich. Got any beer? This is a school. So that's a no? Yeah, that's a no. <laughs> um, which I just thought was great. Yeah, well, like, and then I, you know what yeah, I love about that yeah. scene? Because I love when people use their powers for something simple. Yes, yeah. He takes the the Pepsi yeah, out yeah. of like a cupboard and it's clearly warm. So he oh, just yeah. hands it to Iceman who just blows on it. And he's yeah. like, thanks. I love that <laughs> shit. Make, like the practical no, use of their powers. I, that's like, always been my favorite. Like even always my favorite. back in the day, like Charmed yep. and all those TV shows yep. where they'd be like, oh, I'm going to grab the flower from over yes, there. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, you are. I always love it when Superman like shaves with his heat vision. Because of course you would. Like that's awesome. <laughs> let's just transition right to the final thoughts and do you guys have any thoughts on listen these movies aren't as connected as the mcu we can't say that events in this movie generally are going to impact dark phoenix but final thoughts about this movie and its place in the x-men universe 
I mean, I, th- I think they learned a lot from this movie and there is so much that this movie does well. I think even just the way that it opens, right, with Charles's monologue, you don't have to really have seen X-Men 1 to enjoy X2. And Not I th- at all. And I think what Marvel realized is that those satisfying moments of connection are ultimately what make the sort of the X-Men or like the Avengers movies work so well. And that's something that they carried through to, you know, to their movies. So this movie also just holds a really special place in my heart because it's it blew my freaking mind in the theaters. And at that point, up to that point, that was that was the best superhero movie I'd ever seen in my life. And is that true now? Maybe not. But when you are 18, like that means something. So uh, I love this movie. Oh, this, I mean, I know I mentioned this earlier, but like this movie was where I think I really started to get into um, this idea that everything wasn't just like drama and comedy. Like mm-hmm. there was a way to take science fiction and comic book movies and make them like into dramedies. Yeah, like, but like real movies. You know, it's yeah. like I think for a long time we always thought these were like kids' movies to the side, but it tackled these really important issues. And like, I just, this this movie is like, like I told you, I watched it literally nine times in like the first month that I saw it because I was just like so obsessed with it and everything it meant and it fused everything I love because your girl loves a good like white. Rusted tips. No, like <laughs> no, White not, House okay. political drama. Yeah. <laughs> no, what's the yeah. social implication? Like I'm all about that. And yeah. so I was like, and then you yeah. throw in superpowers, mm-hmm. like yeah. done. Totally. No, I agree with you both. I mean, it, it's just, it's a fantastic movie. It holds up. It's probably the best of the X-Men movies. I think you so. know, because we talk about, obviously in this podcast, we're going to cover all the way up through Logan and beyond. Yeah. And Logan is an X-Men movie, but, and it's really good. But like, this is the best team X-Men oh, yeah. movie, yep. mm-hmm. hands down. Well, as I say, like, these are my X-Men. Yeah. Like, if someone says, oh, Michael Fassbender, I'm like, I'm sorry, he's not my Magneto. Like, yep. just to me, Magneto is Ian McKellen. Like, regardless yep. of how you feel about the new movies, like, since this was my foray, these will always be yeah. my sort of X-Men. So, that's why I'm I'm attached. Know, I'm Fass- personally attached to these Fassbender hunting Nazis is... Oh, no, no. I'm, I'm not discounting it, but, like... <laughs> Ian McKellen's There's great moments to come. He's he's my Magneto, and I'll stick to it. Gandalf. Mm -hmm. Um. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, um, we will actually now uh, throw it to Warvis for the official sci-fi wire ranking of the X-Men universe and these movies. So, Warvis, where does this stand in sci-fi wire's ranking? In sci-fi wire's official ranking of all the X-Men movies... X2 ranks number two out of 11. Two. Two. Ooh, yeah. Mm, okay. I mean, that's... X2 goes two. I'm really curious to see what is number one. My hunch is that it's going to be either Deadpool or Logan. Oh, it, uh, I have a feeling it yeah. is. Yeah. But those movies it's are at, good because of lessons learned earlier. True. I still want X2 to be the number one yeah, X-Men too. movie. But, uh, it's number one in my heart. It's number one it for really me, It really is. Um, but I, I think Logan might might be a better movie. Yeah, it might be tighter. Also, to be fair, it's some a, of the people, maybe a begrudging. Some yeah. of the people that voted on this are yeah. significantly younger than us. Yeah, so like, yeah. Um, I remember talking. We're spring chickens. We're, we're yeah, but I was talking yeah, to yeah. Our, our, our Paige earlier, who let me know she was in kindergarten during uh, two thousand one, oh and, and I was oh like, my. dear lord, okay. So, Ew. so to be fair, I would say Deadpool <laughs> and some of the later movies. Of course, they're up higher because yeah. they're fresher yeah. on their yeah. minds. That's yeah. Fresh, that's fair. fresh. Fair. All right. Well, um, that is X2, X-Men United. Um, Tomorrow, we are going to tackle the next movie in the X franchise, which is 
2006 X-Men The Last Stand. Well, good luck with that one. Oh, you guys sound <laughs> real into that one. going to be an interesting episode. Um, but I will also, a real quick plug for more on X2, you can visit the Sci-Fi Wire YouTube channel and search for Sci-Fi Wire's Everything You Didn't Know series. Uh, Jackie Jennings hosted a awesome Everything You Didn't Know About X2, which uh, you can learn a lot more about the oddities of this movie and things that didn't come to play. So definitely check that out. And uh, keep checking Sci-Fi Wire for all the latest news leading up to Dark Phoenix on June 6th. We're going to have a lot of X-Men coverage. It's going to be awesome, and you don't want to miss it. So on that note, Megan, Max, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you, sir. Our pleasure. And we will see you next time on Days of Marvel. Days of Marvel. We're here to be mutants. 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 Mutants.